Welcome to the Overanalyzers. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Cheers. Cheers. All right. I want to start off with a story. This is something I remembered recently, uh, and it's a it's a very fond memory, of which I don't have very many. I tend to remember the negative things, but this one's not. So in high school, I played tennis for four years uh, competitively, like on the team. Um, and I had kind of a, kind of a mixed career, you know, I had good moments and bad moments or whatever. My mentality wasn't the best, but I remember, uh, specifically one match that I played. This was, uh, the regional finals and whoever won this match would, would go on to compete like at the state level. So I was on a doubles team with the team's number one player. His name was Joey Jones. Uh, he was an amazing player. He actually went on to to go pro for a while. Uh, but I'm playing on a team with him. And we were playing against like the other or the best team in the league. And we had gotten stomped by them every time we played them. Uh, and it was especially painful for me because of the two of us, I was the weaker player. Like Joey was fantastic. Uh, and when you're the weaker player not only do you have to bear the burden of just not being as good, but also the opponents, I mean, target you as much as possible. You know, if they have the choice, the ball's coming to you and it's up to you to, you know, try to handle it correctly or whatever. So it it was rough. Like I was not, uh, I was not enjoying the experience very much. And so we're, we're starting this match off and we're down like 0-3, and it just feels exactly like every other time we had played these people, was, which is just that we got crushed. And I'm feeling terrible, as usual. Uh, just It just felt like crap. And I, I'm, I finished a serve, missed a point or something, and Joey walks up to me and he says, hey, you know, I, I want to win, and, and I hope we do, but there's a pretty good chance that this will be the last time that we ever play tennis together. So let's let's just play let's just make it a good match you know forget about whatever if this is it then this is it you know let's just do it and we didn't win that match that was in fact the last tennis match that we ever played together but i played the best tennis that i have ever played in my entire life by far during that match uh, we took it to three sets. We lost in the third set, but I think six, four, uh, it was super close. And it, it, it felt like that scene in the matrix, you know, where all the bullets slow down and Neo just kind of steps out of time and gains this awareness of, and perfect control. Like that is how it felt for, because of Joey telling me that something about that thought of, oh, this is it. Like, let's just, let's just play. Uh, that clicked with me and it put me into, I'm going to call it God mode, the best I have ever played in my life. Uh, and I, I remember after finishing a point, like I'm, I'm serving against, you know, one of the best players in the league. And I like aced him a couple times in a row uh, and I'm, I'm walking back by the fence and I hear just some stranger say, holy shit, this guy's good. Talking about me, like as the, you know, weaker player of the two of us. So. What we want to talk about tonight is that, for one, this idea that you can get into God mode uh, and play or perform extremely well. But we also want to talk about the other side of that, which is 
like when you play horribly and you can't do anything. And I call that dumpster fire mode where your brain just can't put two numbers together. Everything sucks and, you know, you just feel like trash. So we want to talk about mental states, the different mental states uh, and what gets you into them, what gets you out of them. What are they, what should you do when you're, when you find yourself in, in one of those mental states? Well, this is going to be interesting because you had kind of, we had mentioned this idea before, this mm -hmm. idea of having like a, a three-tiered uh, level of performance where, you know, I guess there's like God tier and then yeah. medium and then really bad. So the way I've been thinking about it has kind of been a couple different on a couple different scales, like yeah. there's, there's your, your skill level. So like how you played in that game, that's very much your skill level, but there's also, I don't know if you, if you zoomed out, like say right now, if you came back to tennis, like you would be entering into tennis at a very low level. Yeah because you have not played in forever. Um, so you would be back down to like, what what did you call it? Dumpster fire mode? Yeah. Okay, so you would be in, in dumpster mode going into it. And then you could probably eventually build back up to where you sort of were where you were then uh, at the top of your game. So that's more of like a scaled yeah. back uh, way of looking at it. Like your overall skill, just in general, yeah. Right. But then I was also thinking about more like that, where you have a specific game where you might have gone out on the court playing your worst or really badly, mm -hmm. but then there was a, a phase that you finally got to that was the best you've ever played. So this, this thing kind of scales. This idea of having these three, or two main ones, but sort of a three-tiered system that scales to almost any size uh it could kind of scale over your whole life too but but it, it goes even into like tiny little tasks that you do mm -hmm. um so I, I thought about it kind of in a couple different ways but yeah to me it we've talked about the window before right and this is maybe another way of saying that you know you have your your skill level at whatever it is you're talking about in my case tennis and there's the app at that skill level, you know, unless I, you know, if I had gone and trained for two more years and just gotten better then this would have been different. But at my skill level at that point, I had some range of, you know, the worst I could play the dumpster mode and then the best I could play, you know, God mode and then that range in between. But there is some window that is centered around your current skill level where you have your peaks, you have your, your lowest points. And if you were to improve your skill overall, then that window presumably should should move up. Right. And I think it's another interesting thing of thinking of it that way is that I remember even in tennis, there were other players that I thought weren't that great. Like you would watch them and you think, ah, you know, they don't, they're not that fast. They don't, you know, they don't hit that hard, but they're consistent and they're always consistent. They're consistently consistent to where you know, I could beat them if I'm playing really well, you know, at the peak of the window, but I would lose to them if I'm not playing well. And they seem to always just hit that same note. So in a sense, 
they had a tighter window. You know, they never had a, a high peak or a low low. They had their skill level and they tended to stay pretty centered around that skill level, which is also an interesting thought. So what do you think the, I don't know, like the benefit of knowing this is like, right. How does this apply to you now? Well, okay. Have you heard of the Yerkes Dodson principle? Nope. Nope. I, this, this isn't a book I read recently. It could have been ultra learning, but I can't remember. Uh, but it was an interesting concept. So it went into my SRS it's one of those things that's actually just common sense, but some scientists tortured some rats and wrote a paper. And so they get to name it after themselves. Um, basically your performance, you know, how well you do at something, uh, depends on your arousal level. And I don't mean sexual arousal. I mean like mental physiological arousal, like how, how awake and alert and how, how well your brain is firing essentially. So if you woke up in the morning and you feel groggy and slow and you haven't had your coffee yet and you jumped on a tennis court and started playing, you would suck. Like you're, you're not awake. Your mind's not really on yet. So your performance would be poor. If you start to wake up more and get more uh, mentally aroused, like you have some coffee, you, you know, start to warm up a little bit, you wake up more, uh, then you start to perform better. And if you're, if you experience some, some kind of pressure, like maybe you're walking onto a court to play an important match, then that can actually improve your performance too. You know, that little bit of like more excitement can get you to where you're playing even better. Uh, But at some point it starts to fall off to where you start adding more pressure or more arousal and you perform worse. So if you've had five cups of coffee or you're playing a match where you are uncontrollably nervous and you're almost in a panic, then your performance starts to become really poor. So there's this idea that your your arousal level has some optimal point where you're the right amount of awake, the right amount of focus, the right amount of excited and all of that stuff, but not too much. There's some perfect groove for that to where you will perform your best. So there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting aspects to this idea that you can be in different states but one of the simplest to think about is that obviously you want to be in god mode if you can right that's when you're performing extremely well uh you want to avoid being in dumpster mode if you can uh so anything you can do to increase the odds of getting into god mode is is a good thing so that's at least worth thinking about and with this tennis match i I started out in dumpster mode, or maybe not even that bad. Maybe it was just kind of middle of the spectrum mode where I'm just not playing that that great. But because of a because of something that was said to me, and that I mean that was it. It it was almost like a sports movie where the coach tells him, "Oh, there's not there's not really angels out here. It's been you all along, or whatever." Something was said to me that shifted my mentality and got me into God mode and led to me playing the best tennis match of my life. Um, and that was just an accident. I wasn't, I didn't start out that game thinking, oh man, I'm in dumpster mode. I got to figure out how to get my brain into God mode. It was just something that happened. And I just happened to play really well then, you know, because of a circumstance. So that's at least a good question. You know, can you control 
the mental states that you're in, or at least influence it to some degree? Well, I try to pay attention to how my brain works throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And I've probably mentioned this before, but I used to work out in the morning. And then after work, when I came home, I tried to do all the things that I, I want to do. Like I want to learn all of this stuff. So I, I try to do that at the end of the day, but it never worked. I mean, I did this for years and I would try to, to do all of this really hard stuff at the end of the day when I'm completely exhausted and it just, it would not work. So I flipped them to where I do all of the hard problem solving, uh, learning new stuff at the beginning of the day, which to me is my brain's, uh, God mode, I guess is in the morning for a couple hours. I'm able to take on a lot more uh, difficult problem-solving things uh, and tackle them in the morning. And so, uh, and then in the middle of the day is sort of like my second tier where I shift into sort of like a manual labor type of, of deal where I'm not having to make huge decisions or big, you know, big desi design decisions or big problem-solving issues. I'm just sort of, uh, just manual labor for the, for the main part of the day. And then at the end of the day, I'm even more like exhausted and, and tired. So I just kind of shift into like glide mode where I'm just sort of, you know, I'll read a book or I'll just kind of relax. Uh, and, and curating the things that I do to how my brain actually works during the day has helped me a whole lot. Um, I think you're muted. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> um, I've only recently started trying to figure myself out a little bit in that sense. Uh, and I, I've found the same thing. There, there does appear to be this arc that happens throughout the day where right when I wake up, I don't, I can't do much. I'm waking up, right? But I'm very relaxed. And actually, I've started tracking this with, uh, like I have the, what's it called? A watch. Garmin, yeah, I have a watch that does that. Um, it so it tracks heart rate, which is interesting to look at throughout the day, because uh, that is at least like a rough guide of you know yeah. how active my body is. Uh, but it also tracks heart rate variability, which I haven't done a ton of research into just yet. But it it's it, it's interesting to look at because there are metrics that try to track uh, your heart rate variability. And it, it's sort of a rough measure of how stressed you are or how tired. Uh, I think in the Garmin app, they call it like body battery and stuff like that. Like how charged up are you or how depleted are you? Uh, and it, it seems to correspond pretty well. Apparently, uh, your heart rate is not a perfectly even beat like a metronome. It has variability to it. So it'll beat a little faster, a little slower, just beat to beat. And that's pretty normal. Uh, and if... I shouldn't be saying this because I can't remember exactly how it works, but basically if it's too varied, like more so than normal, then either your sympathetic nervous system or your parasympathetic nervous system is like too active. You're kind of the fight or flight type of type of mentality where uh, you're almost a little bit panicked. And then if it's, uh, yeah, so if there's too much variation, it's, it's that. And then if it's too even, like there isn't any variation at all, it can mean that uh, like you aren't recovering from stress properly. And act, I can't remember if I have that backwards or not, like it might be flipped, but there's there's some indication there of what's happening physiologically 
based on your, your heart rate. Anyway, I've started looking at some of these metrics and looking at how it changes throughout the day and how it's influenced by my sleep, sleep regularity, or how well I've been uh, eating and exercising, all that kind of stuff. And I haven't like nailed down a perfect formula, but what I have found is that it varies a lot. Or it, um, I'll have days where based on those metrics, things look really bad, where I haven't slept well, my heart rate variability is way off, you know, my heart rate is higher than it ought to be. And that seems to be very well reflected in me doing something. You know, if I'm, I've started playing piano a little bit more recently and I can notice it there where if I'm feeling really good and like the metrics looks good, I tend to play better. Whereas if I'm not, then I just keep fumbling and making mistakes or I can't focus and stuff like that. So I, it seems to correlate a lot with physical uh, factors and, and measurements. And it also seems to change throughout the day where I start out very relaxed in the morning. Uh, I get more aroused throughout the day, like the heart rate is higher and everything. And then it starts to fall off uh, in the evening. And there's some times where I'll be too stressed and I can feel it and I can even see it in some of the numbers uh, to where I can't perform anymore. Like the, what I was just talking about, the, the Yerkes Dodson thing. Like I'm too stimulated to where I can't focus. I'm feeling jittery and, and you know, over overstimulated essentially. Well, I have I don't have a cool watch and I don't keep track of that. But I should cuz that sounds really cool. The but... coolest part if you need like more of a sell is that there's a watch face that makes it look like the uh Pip-Boy from Fallout. That's why I bought the watch. But it turns out to be pretty useful outside okay. of that. I believe that's actually why you bought the watch. Yeah. But well, I almost think like your your brain has those three stages i mean it has yeah. a lot of stages but you have god mode where everything is working really well um uh, mm -hmm. forget about or it's feeling really well like forget about what you're actually doing like your brain is yeah working optimally mine's not right now but uh, <laughs> yeah. and then you have another stage where you're just kind of like i don't know neutral stage or you're that's like your average stage and yeah. then your third one, which is you're pretty much useless. Uh, I mean, you could relax, read a book or whatever, but there's right. no way you can tackle anything major yeah. unless there's something that comes along and sort of shocks you into it. Um, but we'll leave that out for now. But, but basically, your brain has these different states. Yeah. Uh, and then you hope that they line up with whatever you're doing, like with you with StarCraft. Like when you're in a competition or you're trying to right raise your mmr when you're trying to hit uh grandmaster like you want your brain to be in that yeah. god mode you want and and the game itself is calling for that like you need that and if you're in the other two modes then you're you're not going to make it right chances are you just won't get it so yeah i, I, I try to pay attention to that now right it like you can't be in God mode all the time, obviously, even just thinking on that principle of, you know, your, your amount of stimulation, you know, you, there is some sweet spot where you're performing your best too much. You start performing poorly, not enough. You're also performing poorly, but you obviously can't sustain that, right? You can't be right. perfectly awake and stimulated from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. There is some arc, there's, you know, some fatigue you find if you're, you know, on for too long. So if you're in a competition, 
uh, you would want that to coincide with when you need to perform. And it seems like a lot of performers have rituals or, or ways of trying to get themselves into that, uh, that optimal state. Um, I remember reading... Maybe I don't remember reading. You read something. The Art of Learning. That's good lord. I remember reading The Art of Learning and uh, the... Can't... Just for reference, I am in, I'm in dumpster mode right now. Uh, <laughs> the protagonist of the book, Jason Waitzkin, um, he has had a ritual or developed a ritual that he would use before he did um like tai chi or tai chi competition you know there's some method of getting into the optimal mental state for that competition and then coming out of it and everything uh it there's clearly a major need for that if you're trying to perform at your best at certain times is being able to control it and get yourself into the right mindset so you called them god mode and dumpster mode but i was thinking that it might be uh, more accurate or, or better to think of it more, not in terms of good or bad, like not in terms of, you know, at your, yeah. your total best and then your worst. It's And the terms I came up with were uh, calibration and then aiming and then taking the shot, right? Okay. So it, well, explain that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try to, but calibration would be, Well, like I said, this kind of scales on onto a lot of different sizes of whatever it is you're doing. But calibration would be, uh, let's see, for me with, with oil painting, it would be figuring out what I want to do, how to do it, why I'm doing it, like all of the major questions, or, or actually, let's go back to music. I used to play music a lot. And the reasons I had for playing music would be sort of my calibration. Like the, the reason why I wanted to play guitar in the first place, or the reason why I got into music in the first place, that is me calibrating sort of what I want to do. And then <laughs> taking aim, which sounds kind of corny, but <laughs> taking aim is doing the, the drills and, and learning the scales and learning songs and studying things and researching. And then <laughs> taking the shot would be like, you know, writing the song or, or actually performing or, or doing the thing. Yeah. And you don't always want to be in, you know, in any one of those stages. You want to move through all three of them. If you get stuck in calibration stage where all you do is think about what you want or how to do it and you never actually move to the next two stages, then you're just kind of stuck. And if you're stuck mm -hmm. in the second one where all you do is drills and exercises and, and study... And all you do is aim, but you never take the shot. Oh, it sounds so corny, but uh, then you don't get anything done. But if all you do is write music and and perform constantly and never go back to those original mm -hmm. two stages, then you you kind of run dry and you have no new, nothing else flowing in. Okay, so you're... It sounds like you're kind of talking about like planning and then practice and drilling and that sort of thing and then performance, right? Where you're trying to execute on the thing. Well, yes, but the more I thought about this, the more it scales to like anything or, or can apply to almost anything because there's there's times where 
it even in the course of a single drawing that I do or a single painting. Uh, sometimes I take my paints and I'll go to a location and I'll set it up. Like, okay, this one time I took my paints out, set up my little Pochade box and all my little oil paints and I wanted to paint this tree. It's a cool yep. tree. Uh, so you sit down and you have to think very much like a mathematician. You have to measure everything out, uh, lay out the perspective and like you measure things and you, you get the drawing down. And it takes a while and it, it's a lot of mental strain to get that down and to mm -hmm. get it right. And you're, you're trying to be as accurate as you can. And then you can sort of relax and you move into the next stage where you're, you're dealing with the lighting and getting the tones right and the colors right and all of that. And then at the end, you're, pull, you're pulling it all together and turning it into a, a final painting and then you're done with it. So it's sort of like calibrating, making sure everything is in its place. And then you're, I don't know, it doesn't work perfectly. You're taking aim, you're, you're making it all happen. You know, you're sort of doing that manual labor and going through all the steps and, and getting it done. And then at the end, you are pulling it all together, making sure that it is a finished product. And then you call it finished. So it, so it doesn't just uh, relate to a, a bigger thing like music overall, but it can also relate just to a single Right, right. Piece that I'm doing. So, okay. So f the way I've been reflecting on this is uh, almost the way my brain behaves can feel a little bit out of my control sometimes, right? Like I, this happened today, this morning. I sat down to play some StarCraft, you know, gotta, gotta work on this, gotta keep pushing. I... I finished my session. It was a long session and I looked back at it and I had played 18 games and I had lost 17 of them. I had literally won one game out of 18. So hours of play. And there's something, I mean, but right before this, you were like right at the top, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had come off of a peak, right? So I, I was, I was doing really well. And then I uh, found myself in dumpster mode where I couldn't perform well. So that to me felt, I mean, I did not want that. I wanted to be in God mode, right? Of course you would if you're playing. That's what I'm hoping for, but I wasn't. And uh, we could speculate about why, but regardless of why, it felt like not something I can control. And it sounds like what you're talking about is you have these different stages that are a choice for you. You know, you could choose to be in calibration mode or planning mode, like where you're organizing and thinking and making those kinds of decisions. You could choose to be in, you know, the take aim mode where you're preparing and stuff, and then you could go and, and execute, right? So are you just thinking about it totally differently? Or are you thinking that you should you should apply or I think you I'm should choose to do it. something different based on this, the mental state that you're in? I think it's both. I think I thought about this differently than the way you were thinking about it, but I also thought about the, the same thing that you're talking about, where you don't have a choice. And, and I have some notes on that too, where like I, I left, or I took a big break from art and then I came back mm -hmm. to it and there was nothing I could do to sort of get back 
to where I was. I just had to go through like all the stages in order to get back yeah. to that. And I had no control over it. Uh, well, at least not that much control over it. So, yeah, it, I kind of thought about it in two different ways, I think. So, well, okay, so here's a question. Let's say I'm in, according to my way of looking at it, where it's this thing that just happens, right? Where I'm in dumpster mode, I can't, I can't play, I can't perform, I can't focus. Like there's just for whatever reason, I have a, I'm performing horribly. Uh, what should I do? What do you think should be done if you feel like you're in that state of mind? Okay, well, I don't have an answer for you, but here. When I took that, that break from, mm -hmm. from art, I don't even remember how long it was. And these notes were from, from then. But I remember us talking about the ABC game yeah. and sort of how that applied. So I, I began jotting down notes of how it felt to return to it. And I was trying to figure out if I could tell when I hit the next level, like level B or mm -hmm. level, you know, level A or, or whatever. So this is what I wrote down for when I first came back. And it's just like notes jotted down while I'm feeling them. So I'm, I'm picking up my sketchbook for the first time in a very long time. And I know that it's going to be bad. And so it is bad and it goes really badly. Right. But these are some of the things I jotted down. Uh, timidness. So I felt very timid. Uh, yep. I was doing like really tiny drawings because I just, you know, I'm not doing it any bold drawings. It's like I want to hide it from the world. I don't want, I'm like trying to hide it from myself. <laughs> uh, unambitious. Uh, so I was not feeling ambitious. Uh, I had this like crushing feeling of too much to do. Like, oh, I, I have to do this and this and this. And it was literally like this crushing feeling. Uh, I felt too old. Like I was, <laughs> I'm too old to be, yeah. you know, this far behind and what it is I'm trying to do. Uh, I had an unclear mindset when I was starting. So I wasn't real sure, you know, what exactly it was I should even be doing. So I just felt wrong right off the bat. I had zero confidence, so that wasn't clear already. Uh, I, I wrote down not fun, because it was not fun. Uh, I had a strong hesitation to start, so I, did, I didn't want to start doing it. So I, I probably procrastinated on even getting back into art, mm -hmm. period. Um, I started thinking in like long terms of like my life. Like I'm, I'm too old, it'll be like it's too late. You know, I'll never be yeah. good enough. You know, all the pathetic cliche things. Uh, I actually felt physically weak. Like I was so frustrated and like, I don't know. I can't even ex explain it. But there's like this physically weak feeling that I felt. Um, and then I wrote down like nervous system related. Like, is this related to, you know, physical yeah. things that are going on? And I think they are. Uh and then I wrote down, uh, it takes a big push to get started, which it definitely did. Uh, once started and things get going, uh, there's a focus from large crushing feelings, uh, and then it fades into something uh, interesting or fun in the moment. So if you can get past that, that big crushing feeling, like it can mm -hmm. eventually get interesting. But I think I did it wrong then. I think I was wrong then. So your question of, you know, what should you do if you're 
in that state. I yeah. think what you should do, see what I did was immediately jump into what I had done before, like immediately jump into the same types of drawings that I was doing before, like trying to, to pick up right where I left off, yeah. which was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. It's sort of like, I don't know why I chose a car as an example, but sort of like a car because I don't know anything about cars. But it's kind of like a car. And if you leave it alone for a long time, which I have done with my car, if you leave it alone for a long time, it starts to kind of fall apart. Like mm -hmm. you probably need an oil change. Maybe the gas has gone bad or you just need gas. Maybe one of your tires is flat. Uh, maybe you left a window open a little bit and your interior is sort of gross or ruined. Maybe your windows are sort of dirty or, or, or whatever. Say this is a race car. Like, it would be really stupid of you to get in this car and go racing with it. Like yeah. it would fall apart and you would lose. It would be stupid. So that's as far as I'll take the car metaphor. <laughs> but I think what you <laughs> should do is try to find the most fun thing you possibly can uh, with that, that thing. So with art, I should not have started doing the same drawings I was doing before. I should have just started getting excited about it again. I should have picked up an art book and mm -hmm. tried to remember the reasons why I got into art in the first place. Or with music, if I got back into music now, I don't wanna pick, right, pick up right where I left off with all the same exercises and scales and songs that I was learning because well, for one, I can't do them. And the reasoning for why I was doing that in the first place is long gone. Like, well, mm -hmm. for me, it's been like 10 years since I, really pursued music. So the reasoning for me doing those things is I, I don't even remember them. So my first step should just be to go get excited again and to revisit uh, the reason why I was doing that stuff in the first place. And it might take some recalibrating yeah. uh, to figure out where you're at. So for you, like if you haven't played StarCraft in a while, which, or even if it's been like a week or you're, you're losing 17 out of 18 games, I don't know what the answer is for you, but um, I, I think you need to have some fun with it. Figure out a way to enjoy it and, and, and do what your friend did, Joey Jones or whatever his name was, did to you during that game. Like he told you it doesn't matter. Maybe you need to remember that mm -hmm. you're just playing a game, that you're having fun, and this is fun and you do actually really enjoy it. And maybe, maybe the things holding you back are actually like mental blocks where you're getting more and more stressed about it yeah. and you need to sort of get rid of them and remember the initial thing. B because if you're returning to something, you need to be treated for that. Like you need to treat, it should be fun. It, it should make you want to come back. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and people know this when they work out, like they know it is very clear with physical activity. They know if they haven't run in a long time and they're going to go back to run, they cannot run at the same level they were running at before. Or if they were lifting weights, there is no possible way they can lift the same amount. And that's a reason why a lot of people don't get back into it for a long time. It's because they right. don't want to, to shatter that initial identity of them being so good. Because it's like in order to enter back into the game, you have to shatter your old good identity and take up this lower new one. Um, so if you're going back into something, I think what you should do 
is find a way to enjoy it and find like a new take on it. Um, I don't know. Does that make any actual sense or is that just like <laughs> yeah, okay. too inspirational? <laughs> well, uh, well, it was inspirational. So that's good. It still made sense here. Okay. I have a couple thoughts. First, when you're reading your list of things that you've noticed about when you're in C game dumpster mode, okay. uh, that I, I made a, I did the same thing. I, I made a list, tried to observe what, what happens and I, I won't bring it up because it'll break the screen what? recording I thing. Well, I'll tell it to you. Okay. Okay. I, I literally can't bring it up because it will ruin the podcast recording. Um, it's almost exactly the same. So it's, it's almost not worth going through because so those things are the, the number one thing I had was hesitation, which okay. sounds like exactly what you said with yep. doing things small and not, not committing or the hesitation is the number one signal that I'm in dumpster mode. Uh, losing focus is something I've, I've noticed a lot where if I'm, if I'm playing really well, if I'm in God mode, I'm hyper-focused and it's, it's, people call it like flow state or whatever, but I am able to keep my mind on the thing that I'm doing perfectly. Whereas if I'm in dumpster mode, I can't do that. My mind keeps wandering or losing focus, or I'm like, I keep losing that track of what I'm, what I'm doing. Right. Um, there's well lots of stuff it it matches up almost exactly with uh with what you're seeing so i've i think you're exactly right in the sense that if you if you jump into something maybe you haven't done it in a while or maybe you're just having an off day and you're you're comparing yourself to, you know, your A game and thinking like, oh, this is this is what I am. This is where I want to be at. And you're not there. It can lead to a lot of frustration and it can make your mentality even worse. You know, if you're expecting yourself to be on your A game and you're not, then that adds to it. Frustration is one of the biggest things that I've noticed about um, being in, you know, C game where it's almost like, I don't know how to describe this because it's kind of a weird feeling. You know, I'm somebody who I need the room pretty cold when I sleep at night. Uh, I just, I'm hot when I sleep. Sometimes if I'm like over at someone else's house or it's just not cold enough, uh, it like the bed underneath me gets hot. And so I'll like slide over to a colder spot and I'll rotate the pillow to a colder spot and I'll just keep like trying to find colder spots on the bed. But sometimes it's so bad that the entire bed and all, all the sides of all the pillows are just hot now. Like there is no cold side of the pillow anymore. It's just soaked in heat. And then I'm just miserable and I'm just laying in bed thinking, I hate this. I can't sleep. And it's just like, I've, the heat has soaked through the entire bed and I'm just sitting in it feeling miserable. That's what, I can get to sometimes in dumpster mode where it's like the frustration, like I'll get frustrated, but I keep going and the frustration starts to build to a point where it's like, it becomes the new normal where it has just soaked through everything. And I'm just yeah. permanently frustrated. I wish there was a name for that. Cause I really think it's like a specific thing that happens. Yes, it is. It, it's like different than other things. It's yeah. this, And that's why I wrote down like this. I feel physically like weak and it's yes. like it just flows over me like the 
intense frustration and helplessness and yeah it's just awful like it's the yeah. it's the worst yes that, that that's what made me think of that was your description of it being physically painful um it's kind of here's a simpler uh metaphor for it other than sleeping in a hot bed it's like a car overheating it's like there's there's frustration and it builds up and then eventually the radiator cap blows and it boils over and it's like it's just too much the engine becomes too hot to run that's what it feels like where it's just it's soaked through you so i because i've been in dumpster mode a bit lately uh that's what i've been thinking of a lot and i think what you were saying is is pretty spot on in that usually for anything you're pursuing you have menial tasks to do uh or at least things that don't require performance you know if you're trying to uh Maybe you're you're gathering information. You want to find a good instructional video on figure drawing or something. And so part of that is getting on YouTube or wherever and searching and just looking through stuff and trying to find something that is relevant and, you know, is presented well and everything. And that's just like a task. You don't have to worry too much about how you're performing uh, or or whatever. There's maybe you need to, like, organize your office or something like that. But there, there are menial things that you can do. Uh, and I think that if you're in your your c game your dumpster mode that's the time to start doing that stuff because if you're trying to perform while you're in c game mode it's awful and you will overheat and you know do what i did this morning which is to play up to the point where the frustration boils over and then i just i can't even play the game anymore but what i so i had i mean i i did this i did this session for many hours and it was a monstrous waste of time like what i should have done is been more uh i should have reflected on what was happening and recognized it and then said okay i wish i was playing my a game but i'm not maybe i didn't sleep very well maybe i've had a stressful week and the other stuff going on and so on so now is the time to either just not play which would be fine you know that's better than getting overheated or it's time to do some of the menial things you know i have a list of things that i you know, unresolved questions that I need to go find or things that I need to learn more about, or it's time to do some, you know, review of professional games, stuff like that. But I think that would be recognizing the, the mental state that I was in and then doing things that are appropriate for that mental state, I think would have been the right call there. Yeah. I think knowing that your objectives are different. Like yeah. You're you're not out to win now. You're just right, like, right. You're just after the little simple things. Like yeah. you're you're on a different level. Don't treat yourself like you're on the the other one. Yes, and that's been I think one of the hardest things for me. Like as we've been thinking more about this and trying to understand. I mean, I'm I I had a bad session today, right? So it's not a solved problem for me. Um but I'm working on it and trying to improve this. And I think that number one is, is recognizing what's happening and accepting it because I have a tendency to think I'm just going to queue up again and here we go. And just over and over and over thinking I'm going right. to somehow force myself into getting into my a game when that's not really a thing that happens, at least not for me. So, uh, recognizing where you're at and then accepting it and then doing things that are appropriate for that that state of mind i think is uh i think is the thing you should do see i 
also, I well, I took a break from from art for about two weeks. I had some other stuff going on. I yeah. come back to it today, and I I I knew that this was coming. I knew that mm. there would be a return. I knew that it would be very difficult. Blah blah blah. So I decided to not just try to pick up right where I left off, and I decided to just chill and try to do some low-key like planning and just like sort of play mm. around with stuff. And I ended up planning out a, a whole bunch of stuff. And as soon as I started doing that, I got really excited about it. Like it, it was no yeah. longer, oh, I need to get back. It was, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait to get back. Like this is exciting again. And and I feel like I, I totally bypassed that whole I feel like really you. frustrating. <laughs> yeah. You did it right. I did it wrong. And we can reflect on those two scenarios. I was also not competing with anybody. And well, I, but I shouldn't have been. Different. I did. I that was my mistake was to think I can just, you know, after being very busy and preoccupied, you know, for weeks uh, and not being in a great mental state. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. And it but, ended up being profoundly unproductive. But I feel like I, I got all this stuff from you when when I don't know when, but you were talking about the going to the gym, like if you want to, you know, become the strongest person ever and go to the gym all the time, you don't start going to the gym all the time. You just sort of like walk in or if you're having trouble doing that, you go to yeah. the gym, you just sort of walk around and then you leave mm -hmm. and then you come back the next day and walk around, maybe pick up one weight and then leave because you're, you're trying to, to gain yeah. victories, little fun victories. And I think for you, maybe you go play some, some very low level people and just destroy them or, well, that's, you know, just play some easy stuff and that's start feeling good upon. about yourself. Okay. That's well, called, that's called smurfing. It's where you play in a low league and smash people. Okay. Not to well, do that sort of thing. Play in a low league against 10 people that are really, I, don't I know, know. I, just do I know something that's fun. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. try to build back up that way instead of right. just brute force going right in. Yeah. Okay quick uh change of thought here so if you're in god mode uh obviously that's that's great and that's where you want to be but are are there downsides to that because i think there are i also think there are but you go first <laughs> okay um so i heard someone call it this and i've never heard this before but i really like this term uh, they called it winner's tilt where, so if you, if you lose at a game a lot, right, that can be very tilting, um, tilting. I mean, makes you mad, frustrating. Um, what I found though, like today, for example, you know, I'm losing over and over and over and I don't want to stop. It's strange but there's some part of me that's just like angry and just wants to keep going. It's like gambling, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a bad feeling. It's not a it's not a good thing. Uh, but yeah, it is like gambling. It's like you've lost so much, you just can't stop pulling the lever. I don't know what it is. There's gotta be a name for it, but it's bad. So, <laughs> but it, in God mode, when I'm playing super well, I'm beating people that are like top 100 ranked, I'm just on fire. Uh, if that goes on for a little while, I want to stop. And that, this is that, that winner's tilt. And I think what it is, is it's like, it's kind of like you want to protect your yeah. God tier status. It's like, oh, I'm playing super well. I better stop. 
I better, uh, you know, leave it at that. You know, I don't, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want it to end or I, I don't want to disrupt this, you know, new me that I now identify myself with of, oh, I'm an amazing player because I played super well the past five games. So it's like, I don't want to play or I put it down for the night and the next day, like, I don't really want to get back into it. Uh, no, that's exactly yeah. what I experienced too. So I'll be working on these paintings that take me, you know, two weeks or something. And the first week and a half is like all set up like there's research there's planning there's drawings there's studies there's uh, all this stuff mm -hmm. and you don't know for sure if it's going to work until near the very end when everything starts coming together like all the work you've put in finally starts coming together right in front of you and towards the end if if you've done it well and it doesn't happen often but when you've done it really well and things just sort of line up to where it's like one of your best pieces i remember literally my favorite piece that I've ever done. I did so much work for this thing and watching it come together was just so exciting. And as I'm finishing it up towards, you know, like the, the last day that I'm working on it, everything is just like more amazing than I ever thought it could be. It's, it's literally the best work I've ever done, yeah. you know, up, you know, till that point in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not all that great, but at the time it's like, Oh my God, this is like the best thing that I've done so far. And at first I'm like rushing through it. It's like, you know, total flow and I'm completely focused yeah, yeah. and every, it is that perfect, wonderful feeling that you are always trying to get to. And I'm feeling that and I'm feeling that. And then slowly you're like, I want to stop. I don't, I don't want to yeah. ruin it. Like if I keep going and I destroy it, like, like you want to protect it. So you just want to walk away and leave it, but you're not finished and you, you have to finish yeah. it, but it, you, you start to feel very unsettled and like afraid that you're going to screw this up, that it's not, it's not real. Like you're going to ruin it or, or your, your winning streak will be over if you pull it again or, or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you really want to walk away. So yeah, I think that sounds like the same thing. Yeah. So here's my reflection on that. Uh, I think that a, A bit of a common thread between the two for me of what I've noticed is this almost refusal to accept what is happening where if I'm in dumpster mode, I don't, it's like, I don't want to admit it. Or even if I do, it's like, I don't want to stop. I don't want to, you know, take a step back, maybe take a break, try to relax or go do those things that I can do when I'm in dumpster mode where, you know, I can do some research, I can do some analysis, I can stop performing poorly like i am and go do that stuff but then also in in god mode uh there's it's like rather than thinking oh i'm performing really well right now this will not last forever this is a temporary state of mind because that's how this works uh you know so i'm going to make the most of this this mode that i'm in and and play and play through until i'm no longer in god mode it's like i don't want to do that what i'd rather do is just identify myself as, oh, I'm an amazing player now. Like I'm right. I'm the type of person that can beat, you know, this former pro player that I just uh, queued up against. Like that's me now, I'm amazing. Right. And I don't wanna let go of that. And it's not exactly a conscious thought process, but it's, it is what is happening behind the scenes, I think, in my head, rather than thinking, yeah, it's really cool that I beat Vibe, this pro player, but 
I'm probably not going to beat him consistently. He's far better than I am. I'm playing super well right now. And I'm just going to accept that. And like, once I, you know, I'm going to play through this, this mental state that I'm in. So that's my, my reflection on that is understanding and accepting that those, those mental states are temporary. They have, uh, that your approach should be different to them and that you shouldn't cling to them in that way. Agreed. So you asked, is there anything bad with it? And I guess that could lead to bad things if you're clinging yep. to it. But I was also thinking, like, getting into that state, and now I think we're talking about, you know, this exact feeling where everything yeah. is going really perfectly and really well. And I guess you're sort of in that flow state or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that comes about when like everything levels out, like the, the things that were really challenging before are now at a level of comfort for you that you're able to handle them. And you're only dealing in things that you're able to handle. And you, you've sort of taken control of everything. I mean, that's the point that we're all always trying to get to. Like, that is, yeah. that's the goal. But if you only ever stay in that area, then you are not technically challenging yourself that much. And you're not bringing in new information. You're not right. learning a whole lot of new stuff. You are executing what you've learned, which is a vital, important right. uh, phase of everything. But that's it. It's like you're you're taking the shot, but you can't just take a bunch of shots. Like eventually, you got to get ready for the next one. Yeah. Uh, so it and I've kind of seen this. I don't know if this is exactly the same thing, but I've seen a lot of people when they like they'll improve super quickly at whatever they're doing. For for me, I watch artists. They improve really quickly on their own, and then as soon as they get into the professional field, they keep cranking out art, mm. but it's all at the exact same level. It indefinitely, like for the rest of their lives. It's all the same because they're they're staying in that state of of execution, yep. but they're never going back to the the less flashy phases of learning new information and practicing it and feeling uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. No, I I know exactly what you mean. Um I the way I think it, it should work is, well, okay, two, two sides to this. One, like with the tennis example that I started with, um, that game that I played there, I think was the, that was the best I could play at that skill level. And I think what made that work for me at that moment was I had, I practiced pretty hard i played for a long time and i felt like i was better than i was performing and that's just how i felt about myself and I, I actually think i was right i think that my performance was consistently poorer than it should have been i kept playing in dumpster mode or just not that great mode right somewhere in between uh, and i think what happened in that particular game was what joey said to me uh relieved the pressure it it brought my mental stimulation level into the the sweet spot where the pressure was just right like i let go of a lot of that uh 
like too intense, frustrating pressure. I was able to relax enough, which I needed to do to get into the right, the right mental state. And that let me execute things really well. So that I think is the Yerkes Dodson thing, uh, where you, there is some ideal state of mental stimulation and you want to be there. You want to be excited and awake and alert and focused, but not too much because then the performance falls off. So I've been trying to reflect on that and try to notice where I'm at. And I, I can, I've started to notice when it becomes too much and where it's not enough and that kind of thing. So that's part of it is trying to keep that optimal so that you can be in a good mental state. The other is that I think no matter what, that A game, that God mode, it is temporary. It does not, you, you can't operate at the very peak of your skill window all the time. And like you said, some people get sort of stuck where, you know, maybe they can execute really well, but they just continuously execute the same thing over and over. Um, I've seen this. There's a, there's like a Saturday market thing down here. And there's this booth where this guy does sculptures. And I, when Sam and I first moved to Portland, uh, I remember walking down there and seeing this guy's sculptures and they're really cool. Like he has this, um, he does these like planet things where it's like epoxy mixed with sand and they look really cool. And so you walk by the booth and there's usually a crowd of people around or at least a few people like looking at him and checking him out because it's awesome. Like, oh man, this guy like really found something that that works. It's like, it's eye catching. And I, I went there recently, like last month, walked by the booth, exactly the same stuff. Same crowd of people, same little orbs. It's like the guy hasn't, changed what he does at all and that's fine maybe he doesn't want to right but is he like i didn't witness some growth of his his art it was like okay here he is literally the same thing that he's been selling all along again nothing wrong with that but uh he's clearly executing something really well but not not changing it at all so i think that with with your a game with this god mode you you kind of like you said there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it it's like you're you're trying to set yourself up for these peaks where the planning has, you know, gone into it and you've you've set things up correctly. You've done the 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 menial work, the study, the all the, the drilling, whatever it is you needed to do to cause your performance to be set up to where once you're able to to get into that mental state, it all starts to click, it starts to come together and you get this this nice, you know, peak of skill where it all kind of clicks. But I think you can't do what I have done, which is to just cling to it and identify yourself with that and think, oh, this is me now. I'm, I'm amazing. You have to think like with uh, powerlifting or, or extra, I mean, athletic sports in general, they call it peaking. Like you do a workout program where you start out for powerlifting, at least I don't know too much about other sports like running, but for powerlifting, you start out with um, like high volume, lower intensity. You, you slowly scale that throughout a certain cycle and you basically set things up to where you are at your absolute strongest for the meet and then it you go through the cycle again but what you can't do and nobody thinks you should do is try and maintain this peak you know throughout the entire year because you can't like you have to kind of tear it down go back into the not so exciting you know lifting lighter weights you know at higher volumes type of mode so that you can get that peak to happen and ideally you know the the next um the next meet that peak is a little bit higher but you go through these sort of wave patterns and i think that's how that's how we should view the different mental states that we get into i like that yeah
Anything else to add? Nope, I think that's it. Cool. Well, one one more closing thought for me. Uh, just from my own observation, I think that we haven't really talked much uh, about physical health and diet and sleep and that kind of stuff, but I do think that plays a pretty key role. And I've just noticed that where if I'm not exercising consistently and I'm not, and my sleep schedule isn't good, I'm unlikely to get into God mode at any point. You know, I, I just can't focus well enough that things don't go together. So I do think there are some physical components to that uh, that have to be worked on. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We uh, love to hear your emails, your YouTube comments. You can email us at theoveranalyzerspodcast at gmail.com. We also love hearing from you guys in Discord. Uh, we should be back next week with something else. We'll see you then.